الحج أشهر معلومات فمن فرض فيهن الحج فلا رفث ولا فسوق ولا جدال في الحج وما تفعلوا من خير يعلمه الله وتزودوا فإن خير الزاد التقوى واتقون يا أولي الألباب السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ونولهم بعد we're talking about the doors to Jannah and I'm going to talk today about a topic that I know is cliched. We've heard like so many topics in khutbas and yet there is no getting around this. Of the most important doors to Jannah is the door of Salah, of ritual. A man came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, O Messenger of Allah, which deed is the most beloved of all deeds to Allah? Think about the simple question. And what was the response? Instantaneously, our Prophet ﷺ said, praying salah at its proper time. Praying salah at its proper time. There is simply no overstressing, no exaggerating how important the prayers are. There is no other deed in which one's faith is as clearly manifested. There is no other pillar that is, is as, as integral as the pillar of the salah. And the number of verses and the number of traditions that mention salah are simply too many and too explicit to mention here. But of the most powerful ones, and the structure of this wording is not found in any other hadith, our Prophet ﷺ said, the difference between iman and kufr is the salah. Whoever abandons the salah, it is as if he has committed kufr. No other deed has been mentioned in this manner. And of course, it's really a true manifestation of what it means. One of our scholars mentioned that Iblis was asked to do one prostration and he refused. Imagine the one who is being called more than 20 times a day for Fajr, for Dhuhr, for Asr, for Maghrib, for Isha, and he keeps on refusing, 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 refusing. What would be the status of that person? You really want to enter Jannah, one of the best and most easiest ways, one of the crucial ways, one of the essential ways to enter Jannah is to be amongst those who pray. When the people of Jahannam are asked, the Quran says in Surah Al-Mudatta, when the people of Jahannam are are asked, مَا سَلَكَكُمْ فِي سَقَرْ How did you end up in the fires of hell? The first thing that they say, قَالُوا لَمْ نَكُوا مِنَ الْمُصَلِّينَ We were not of those who used to pray. And subhanAllah, some people say, oh, why are you using these scare tactics to uh, encourage people to pray, uh, to uh, frighten them into not praying? And the response is, well, the Quran and Sunnah is quite clear in this regard that both rewards and punishments are uh, used as incentives. And the prayer is mentioned as an incentive. Certain things are mentioned and other things are mentioned as a means of punishment. And as for the incentives, that too there are so many that can be mentioned. Of them is the famous hadith of the Prophet wasallam, in which he said that he asked the companions that what do you think the cleanliness of a person would be if 
he took a bath five times a day. I mean, who takes a bath five times a day? And they said he would be absolutely spotless. He would be completely clean. As we say in English, as clean as a whistle. And the Prophet ﷺ said, this is the example of the salah. The one who prays five times a day has no sin or evil left upon him. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala literally links the salah with the highest Jannah, Jannah al-Firdaus. Open up Surah Al-Mu'minun and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ The very first thing that Allah says, the believers are successful. Who are the believers? Those that are, they have humility and they have khushu' in their uh, prayers. And of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us that continuous salah is a mechanism to get his pleasure and praise. One of the most important aspects of the salah when it comes to the Quran, the Quran hardly ever, in fact, one can truly say never says sallu or, or pray. Rather, the Quran says yuqimuna salah, iqamat salah establishing the salah. And establishing the salah, this is the fundamental way that Allah describes the prayer, not to pray, but rather to establish salah. And what this means is that we make the salah a primary pillar of our daily lives. When we establish something, its presence is there, it becomes permanent. So the believer, the mu'min, the Muslim is the one who takes his schedule and puts it all around his salawat and does not feed his salat into his daily schedule. The Muslim plans his schedule around the salah and not the other way around. In fact, from the very beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, الَّذِينَ يُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُونَ الزَّكَاةَ Those who establish the salah and they give the zakah. Salah as well teaches us to humble ourselves in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the essence of iman and taqwa, to lower our heads. We take our faces, which are the most noble part of our bodies, and we willingly lower them onto the very ground where our feet walk. This is the ultimate manifestation of humility. No one else, nothing else deserves that level of humility other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why the sajda is the most praiseworthy status that a person can have, or the most praiseworthy uh, structure that a human being can be in. The most praiseworthy pose that a human can be in is that of the sajda. Our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, the closest that a person is to his Lord is when he is in sajda. And so increase your du'as in the sajda. Our Prophet also told us that the salah will become a light for us in our graves and a light for us on the day of judgment. We are told as well that the one who prays regularly, that person is essentially guaranteed jannah. In the hadith, the famous hadith in Sahih Bukhari that the Prophet said, that the one who prays regularly, that the first thing that Allah will ask a person will be about is his salah. And if his salah was in order and everything was fine, then the rest of all of his deeds will be considered to be in order. And if his salah was in disorder, then the rest of all his deeds will also be in disorder. And so if your salah was in check, then subhanAllah, everything else is going to be in check as well. And our Prophet sallallahu guaranteed that whoever protects his five prayers, he protects, you hafid, he has a guarantee from 
Allah that he shall be entered into Jannah. And of course, the meaning here is that the one who protects the prayers, obviously, uh, he is going to make sure that the rest of his lifestyle will also be done in a very positive manner. And our scholars mention that salah is not just something that brings about spiritual blessings. No, salah also brings us worldly benefits. Of them is that salah gives us mental stability. Salah makes us content with what we are uh, given. It gives us a sense of dignity, a sense of persistence and patience. Salah teaches us patience and that's why sabr and salah are constantly linked together as well because we are constantly having to monitor ourselves, constantly having to make sure that we're praying our time. Salah in fact teaches us logistical planning, especially as we live in these minority lands where there are no masajid in every second you know, street corner or whatnot. Rather, we have to plan our schedules around the salah. So it actually teaches us how to plan better. And it gives us a sense of logistical uh, 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 rationality and understanding. As well, salah gives us a sense of optimism by removing us from our daily routine, by removing us from our problems and hurdles and the hustle and bustle of daily life and causing us to have a private and quiet conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So no matter what's happening, come time for salah, we shut off our work, we go to our corner, we literally say Allahu Akbar and we enter into a bubble, we enter into a private conversation that is devoid of anything of this world. It's just us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what a sense of peace comes, what a sense of tranquility comes. And that is why whenever our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was troubled, he would rush to prayer because prayer gave him the comfort that he uh, needed. And that is why as well, salah brings a sense of peace and contentment to the heart. Dear brothers and sisters, we learn in our religion that the rituals of Islam will be stripped away one pillar at a time. And our Prophet ﷺ said, the last pillar to be stripped away will be that of salah. Once that is stripped away, nothing remains. I remind myself and all of you that it is high time that we stopped trivializing this pillar and we started incorporating the salah into our daily lives. The difference between the Muslim and the non-Muslim, the difference between the real Muslim and the Muslim by name is the salah. If you truly want to be a Muslim, submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala primarily through the salah and the salah will then bring you closer to Allah in many other ways. Some people say, but Ya Shaykh, I am doing this sin and I have this issue and this and that, I feel guilty to pray. And I say, the sin of not praying is bigger than any other sin that you are doing. Go ahead and pray and slowly but surely work on the other sin as well. Allah says in the Quran, Salah will prevent you from other sins, all types of indecent deeds and all types of evil deeds. So gain patience and perseverance through the Salah and use the salah to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Start praying with only the fard prayers if you're not praying regularly. Just go ahead and only the fard. Once you've done the fard, or if you're doing the fard, work your way to the sunan. If you're doing the sunan, you work your way to some nawafil. If you're doing all of that, there is no end to the quality of the salah. So whatever stage you are in, 
perfect that stage, rise up to the next stage, and keep on aiming to better the salah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala res- resurrect us with the true musalleen, the people who pray. We seek Allah's refuge from ever being resurrected with those people who do not pray. And inshallah ta'ala, I will speak to you in our next lecture soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. <laughs> فَمَنْ تَعَجَّلَ فِي يَوْمَيْنِ فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ وَمَنْ تَأَخَّرَ فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ لِمَنِ اتَّقَى وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَاعْلَمُوا أَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْهِ تُحْشَرُونَ